I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to this very special episode of the Curzon Cinemas podcast where we will be discussing Spanish auteur Pedro Almodovar. I'm Sam Howlett and this week I'm joined by Daniela Veriktanidi. Hello Daniela. Hi there. Uh, we are once again in our flashy new studio courtesy of CSR so big thank you to them. You can find out more about them uh, on csrfm.com or if you tune into CSR 97.4. So this week we're talking all uh, about Almodovar. Um, because his new film, Julieta, is it Julieta? I think it's Julieta, Julieta. Yeah. Uh, it comes out August 26th, and uh, Curzon Bloomsbury are having a Almodovar retrospective across uh, the month of August, so do check that out if you're a fan. Uh, and if you're not a fan, we're going to try and convince you why you should be a fan over the next half hour or so. So we decided this week, let's just uh, release the strains of doing one film and talk about several um, Almodovar is one of the most beloved cult directors at the moment, do you think? Yeah, he's quite successful. Do you think he's cult? I or would he, say so, yeah? yeah. He's a niche audience, it's only a certain... Like, it's, yeah, I don't think everyone loves yeah. his films. They're very specific to his style yeah. and to him. Um, so Almodovar came to prominence after the death of uh, Spanish dictator Francisco Franco. Mm. So the moment this uh, you know repressive uh, ruler died... A lot of people in Spain went out to do what they things they couldn't have done before. So, free like sexual freedom, freedom of speech, um, women's roles, everything. Well, that everything changed, and yeah. I think Almodovar will be seen as a kind of really important figure in history because he essentially documented the way people reacted to Franco's death and uh, explored different things they weren't allowed to do before. So yeah. he's kind of part of. A movement in that respect, I think. Yeah, he started at the right time. Yeah, and I think he's still an important director today. Uh, we're going to talk more about that later because we're just going to track through some of his films, discuss yeah. them, probably his more well-known films. Um, but first, I'm going to ask you, what was the first Almodovar film you saw? Um, the first one I saw was All About My Mother. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I was around 16, 17. Okay, it's quite a good age to see All About My Mother. Yeah, I think I, think I was taken a bit aback. I was yeah. not expecting that. <laughs> well, let's start with that then, because I think yeah. that's perhaps the most sort of typical Almodovar film. Yes. Um, so, All About My Mother deals with a woman, Manuela, who's uh, after her son dies, 
she goes to find his father, who never knew he existed, but his father is a transsexual prostitute with AIDS. Yes. And while looking for the father, she meets a nun, a pregnant nun, who uh, was in, uh, pregnant from the transsexual father, Lola. who also has uh, the virus. Yes. So immediately you're dealing with so many kind of taboo, slightly uh, controversial subject, subjects there. Mm-hmm. You've got a pregnant nun. You've got a transsexual prostitute. AIDS plays a big part in the film. Yeah. And it's got a female protagonist. Yeah. And it's incredibly like melodramatic, almost soap opera territory. Yeah, that's what I was thinking when I was watching it. Yeah, it go, it's full on. I mean, most films wouldn't get away with that kind of storyline. Yeah. But he managed to do it. So uh, what makes you love All About My Mother so much? Um, I think, as you mentioned, because the story is not that... it wouldn't. It's not something... It's not that big, but it's mm. quite complicated. I think the characters is the one that brings it more and yeah. makes you like you. You make it makes you like it. Um, I think I also enjoyed the fact that the main protagonist is a woman that's not a young woman. As yeah, well. she's slightly older, like yeah. middle aged, I guess, or yeah. like early th- early forties. Yeah, that's what yeah. I was thinking. And yeah, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, uh, well, he's a woman's director. Yeah, definitely. Ultimately, and even I think the men, a lot of times, are, are women. women. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or filmed in a feminine way. Yes, definitely. I guess would be a way to describe it. Um, yeah, I think all of our mothers are really. If I think it's a good film to see first. So if you're completely mm. new to seeing uh, Almodovar's films, I think the best good one to start with is All About My Mother. Yeah, because it does really sum up his. I mean, thematically. Uh, all the things we've just discussed to play a big part in all these films, but also visually it's really colourful and is a real interesting look at Spain mm-hmm. at that time. Um, so yeah, I'm a big fan of All About My Mother. I think I'd seen quite a few of his films before this. Okay. Um, I think the first film of his I ever saw was Tie Me Up, Tie Me Down, okay. which was made a few years before All About My Mother. Mm-hmm. Um, I was introduced to Almodovar when I was in sixth form because uh, by my film studies teacher, Mrs. Gold. <laughs> Miss Gold, if you're listening, hello. Um, yeah, she t- uh, we did a little, little sort of... We wrote an essay about Almodovar. Okay. And the, we watched quite a few. The first one we watched was Time Me Up, Time Me Down. What did you think? It was insane. Okay. It's, it, I think it's very sort of small scale compared to some of his other films. Yeah. Uh, it stars... So it's Antonio Banderas is in it, who's a major player in a mode of us films he's in yeah, many uh, many of his films and it's a dark 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 comedy mm. um so uh, uh banderas is a a mental pa- uh, recently released mental patient who kidnaps an actress that he's in love with lovely and um she ends up falling in love with him Aww. so it's basically <laughs> stockholm syndrome the movie yeah i mean kidnapping there's Sort of ideas of rape involved, yeah. But in the but having the victim fall in love with the victimizer is something you would never normally see. Normally see, but you would do in a nar mode of our film, yeah. And there's a couple of other examples of that across his work, without spoiling any sp- specific films where mm-hmm. the victim falls in love with their attacker or their victimizer or someone that's been quite horrible to them yeah 
that their love and desire overcomes that. And mm-hmm. um, it's not always a positive thing. Yeah, what did you think about that? Well, it's not a good thing that yeah. the, <laughs> the victim falls in love with their um, kidnapper, but yeah. it's, certainly, it's certainly interesting. Okay. I mean, I don't know if... It's a funny one, because it's hard to see what Amodavar is saying there. Is he saying that, s- that sexual desire is so powerful that it overcomes taboos like falling in love with your vic- uh, victimizer? Yeah. Or, I don't know, is it something more about gender that a woman will fall th- can fall for a man in that way? Yeah, I Hard think... Hard to say. In a lot of his films, you're not very sure what he's saying. Yeah, or is he even saying anything? Yeah. Because I think that the context of him becoming a filmmaker where when you for most of his life you're told you can't do this because of the government and then mm-hmm. suddenly you can and you just it, 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 sort of an explosion yeah, of yeah, yeah. we can do this 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 and this now and like he's just sort of I think in in a way he's a sort of he likes to provoke people he likes to like show you something and say that look what do you think of that mm. he's not saying this is good this is bad I think he's saying reacts to that that that's something you haven't seen before deal with that so I've got a f- fun factoid about Time Me Up Time Me Down okay which is a really good film by the way I haven't said that it's a good it's very good it's really fun okay. really funny yeah. but it's so dark <laughs> so in America mm-hmm. so we where we have like our uh, certificates are like U, P, G, 12 12A 15, 18 mm-hmm. so they had R rating for years so R rating was their big one and then they had X rating, mm-hmm. and X rating was reserved mainly for porn films. Mm. But after the release of Time Me Up, Time Me Down, they felt like it was too extreme to be an R, but it wasn't, It was giving it an X rating wouldn't have been fair because it's not a porn film. Yeah. So that's when they came up with the NC-17 rating, okay. which is basically the equivalent of an 18. Yeah. So Time Me Up, Time Me Down is so shocking and <laughs> that it, they had to create a whole new certificate for it. Great. But I think I think Amodova is really proud of that. Mm, probably, probably. I think he loves that. <laughs> um, so, women. Uh, just a quick, quickly note out that his first. I think the film that gave him international recognition was Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown, mm. which is I think one of his most sort of soap opery films. It deals with so it's a female ensemble cast, and it's mainly about a woman whose lover. Who, she's having an affair with him he's married and has kids he leaves and disappears and typical she's, and she's <laughs> and she's trying to find out track him down and find out why he's left and there's a lot of face slapping there's a lot of women slapping each other Great. in this film <laughs> um, I think just the film it's a lot of it's really it's so colourful hmm. and a lot of his films are hmm. um so many bold primary colours, bright reds, blues, greens, like in the costumes and the sets, and it's fil- they're all often f- all filmed in Spain. Yeah. So there's always this bright sunshine, and that sort of Latino culture is so just bright and vibrant, mm-hmm. and he really captures that in his films, I think. Um, and Women on the Verge of Nervous Breakdown has been made into a musical, a uh, West End musical. I did not know that. Which I would be very interested to see how I'd that turns out. That, I mean, yeah. I think it would be a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, um, probably. He, uh, his last film, I'm so excited, was had had a musical moment in it, and I did think I'd love to see Amodou do a musical. Yeah. <laughs> so hopefully that's next for him. It feels like his films are musicals without the music. That's a good yeah. way to describe them. Yeah. Most films are musicals without the music because there's, they, yeah, they they feel like they're on a heightened level of reality yeah. almost at times, like a musical. Um, 
Okay, so we discussed the first films we saw. What's oh. your favorite Almodovar film? It's a big question, I know. I know. Um, I would say Bad Education. Now, that's not the BBC Three comedy starring Jack White. No, is it? Okay. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> uh, no, it came out in 2004, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's, it has Gael Garcia Bernal as yep. the main character playing Ignacio or Angel or Juan. A okay. lot of names, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's basically about a film director, um, Enrique Godard, and he... Um, gets a v- he's trying to find his next project and he gets a visit from Ignacio who um, proposes um, a short story that he wrote called The Visit. Mm-hmm. Um, and that story uh, is basically the... Re- no, it's the, their life because they already knew each mm-hmm. other from before or that's what is suggested and uh, it's their life in um, a boarding school where they lived and they formed a relationship together yep. uh, but then obviously things unravel and uh, you discover a lot of dark corners of the situation yeah this is one of his darkest films I think. yes definitely um, I, I quite like it because it talks about identity and discovering sexuality and yeah. forming a relationship and and it's also again very classic albums of our being dramatic and yeah yeah quite uh, like this do you think this how did the, the um because a lot of his films they have these dark themes but they also have a lightness to them a sort of lightness of touch with the color and the com the comedic elements and yeah quite often in his films you get just like dialogue exchanges between minor characters mm-hmm. that are there purely for comic relief yeah and yet around them there's these like dark complex stories about rape and murder mm-hmm. bad education was maybe it less, was not like that yeah. less of that yeah. yeah um there wasn't as much the set design was not as colorful yeah. or happy and there's a lot less like happy mom like funny moments yeah. in it so it's a lot more serious i think i think that's quite okay. i think it was because it's, it was so different from his other films that i enjoyed it quite a bit mm. yeah okay so it's him maybe focusing down just make, making a more uh sincere film yeah okay. exactly i mean sincere in the but is there also an element that the um what happens without spoiling it yeah the the way things turn out and the revelations about the past are so dark yeah that there's almost comedy in that a little bit because it's so extreme yeah 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 i would say that okay it's just interesting that the i think he's good at walking the tightrope between comedy and tragedy yeah but he often he often swings either these swings these, yeah. yeah they go they feed in and out of each other i think yeah. comedy and tragedy. i think he knows that yeah um yeah there's often like a couple of um, comedy is tragedy with better timing or something like that as a saying yeah. which I think is really true for Almodovar uh, my favourite Almodovar film is Talk to Her Okay. which again I think maybe is very classic Almodovar mm-hmm. with its characters and its themes um, but there's just something I feel really sort of more tightly put together about Talk to Her than any of his other films Okay. I think that and I mean one of the things I love about Amodivar is that his films are very kind of, they're so complex that they look like they're sort of not sloppily put together, but... 
There's a lot of layers. There's a lot of layers and there's just kind of a sort of a sort of scratchiness to them. Okay. A kind of rough edge to all of them. They're not they're not perfect. They're, there's a kind of in the way that they're so like melodramatic yeah, and yeah. over the top that there's there's kind of you can't take it all completely seriously. Yeah. Um but I think actually Talk to Her is his most accomplished film. Um because I think he it's interesting because normally he's a a women's director and he said mm-hmm. very quite often that f- women are better characters than male characters. Yeah. Because their it's just like their emotional range is so much easier to write for mm-hmm. and easier to watch and easier to work with, and but talk to her is a film about men mm-hmm. and a film about a sort of a male relationship. And I think men are better than women. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> nice one, Sam. Yeah. No, well, so you've got two. So it's about two. It's about two men, uh, both of whom are connected to two women who are in a coma at the same hospital. Yeah. So. Marco is sort of seen as the strong, silent type, and his girlfriend is uh, gets into coma. And then you have Benino, who is a nurse who cares for a comatose patient. And Marco is, starts off; he's sort of the strong, silent type. He's a sort of a man's man. Mm-hmm. He's quite butch, quite manly. Doesn't say a lot. And Benino, based on the sort of performance and the dialogue, he, he's quite effeminate. And it's hinted that by a couple of people think he's gay. Yeah. Um, but then. Marco, you see him crying at a Pina Bausch dance show, mm. um, and his his girlfriend is a very sort of masculine-looking female matador. Yeah, and she's uh, one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Putting a coma by the bull. Mm-hmm. Um and then without ruining Benino you look through a very dark, complicated way is perhaps... Well, I think... I'm not going to say he's not homosexual, but he's... There's more to him than that. Yeah. So I think this is uh, Amadou's best use of sort of being fluid with gender mm-hmm. and not saying this is that, this is that. Without saying this guy's straight, this guy's gay, or anything like that, yeah. it's more fluid and more natural. And think like with the whole, what we're saying about comedy and tragedy, mm-hmm. they cross over. Yeah. A lot of that masculine and feminine. And the two men essentially, the best way to describe it is they strike up a, a non-sexual romantic relationship, I think. Yeah. Um, but it's also got the classic Amadavar stuff of the, the narrative is very complex and there's a lot of flashbacks mm-hmm. um, and flashbacks within flashbacks. And it is melodramatic and is sort of the kind of storylines you would get in a soap opera. Yeah. But it's just done so well. And is used to explore this idea of gender and 
what does it mean to be a relationship with a same-sex person without feeling sexual towards them? Yeah. Uh, does that so well. Um, yeah, really love this film. And okay. the Pina Bausch dance sequences kind of bookend the film in a really nice way. Um, it goes in a circle. Does, yeah, it does go in a circle. Um, yeah, I really love this film. Wrote an essay on this film in A-level. Did you? Yeah. Did you do well? Did very well. Good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... I think his next big film, so he did Talk to Her, Bad Education, mm-hmm. and then after that he did Volva. Yes. I think in many ways this is his most popular, popular film. Yeah. This is the f- the, when you talk to people, this is the one I think they've seen the most. Yeah. And this won a Best Foreign Language Film at the Oscars mm-hmm. the year it was out. I think it had Penelope Cruz, who was a huge star at that point. Yeah. And she's been in quite a few of his films as well. I think he really loves working with her. She was supposed to, supposed to be in the, uh, the Skin I Live In as well. Oh. But I couldn't do it because she was pregnant. Oh. So okay. I never actually stepped in. Um, yeah, what do you think about Volvo? Um, I really liked it. Well, I liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought um, the storyline, again, it was quite interesting um, with um, Irene, <coughs> Irene, who mm-hmm. is supposed to be a ghost yes. at first. And then you discover otherwise. Yeah. Um, I liked it that again. It's about um, relationship between. Usually, I think in all of our films are quite a lot of rela- um, discovering relationship about family mm. and parents and kids. And that was again in Volver, and I think it was quite nicely done. Um, uh, there's again this secrets that you try to figure out yep. while watching it. Um, yeah, and it's um, basically about Raimunda Penelope Cruz. I think that's how you say yeah. her name. Um, and uh, she and her daughter, um, Paula, um, live together and then something happens. Yes. And uh, they ha- they kind of run away from it. And then again, there is murder, plot twists. Yeah. yeah, I quite enjoy it. Again, there's a lot of color in it. Yeah. Um, ex- like personalities, big yep. personalities. Yeah. I think Volver is another, similarly to talk to her actually, is a case of a filmmaker doing what he does best mm. and doing it really well. Yeah. Because I think that there's a lot of things in to, uh, Volver that he has done before. Yeah. This idea of sort of uh, an unexpected sort of family relations leading to murder and mm. sort of sexual violence as well. Yeah. And then sort of the horror of the past resurfacing and like it's told through flashbacks mm. and a kind of, again, a sort of soap opera, melodramatic storyline, um, sort of the extremes of emotions being shown and primarily focusing on women yeah. who are the vic- not the victims, but the women who are at the centre of this sort of um, this drama. Yeah. And this kind of story but again it's just told really well and mm-hmm. in a really well way and Penelope, I think it's Penelope Cruz's best performance she's yeah, ever done um, and it's the return of Carmen Marara yeah Marara to because uh, they fell out apparently on Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown oh um, but then this uh, you know, 20 years later or so they made up and this was her big return to his films okay uh, which is nice nice moment to see her again mm. um yeah, I really like this film. I don't think it's his best because when I remember, it was it's often cited as his best. Yeah, I think 
but for me it's still talk to her okay i think everyone has their own favorite but it's just from talking to people it seems like this is the one most people have seen this was the one that was given the most attention when it came yeah. out maybe that's why i think so and i think by this point as well um so this is quite a few years in, like you know looking up over over 20 years into his career mm-hmm. by the time near enough actually pretty much 20 years when volva came out yeah into his career that he's now beyond just a cult director I mean, we st- he still has that kind of that title, but it's more. Re- he's really known now in the film yeah. world. Do you he's- think he became a bit mainstream? I think so a bit. Yeah. But I think that's just natural. Yeah. Because I think we're going to talk more about that now when we talk about the skin I live in. Mm-hmm. But I think that there's a sense that he- what made him an underground cult director is not shocking anymore. Yeah. So the things that he so talking about uh, a transsexual prostitute with AIDS as a character. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's not it's still an interesting character, but having doing something like that now isn't shock as shocking as it once was. Yeah. And having the kind of sto- uh, that kind of storyline in a film is no longer shocking. It's mm. it's not that it's it's not any less interesting, but it's just it's it's natural for him to now be in the mainstream. I think. Yeah when those kind of storylines are more used in in films and utilised. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's go Skin I Live In. Great. This is his horror film, Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I would say it's so. His, it's his attempt to do a horror film. Yeah. Uh, I think you often get these kind of art house directors, like sort of when Lars von Trier did uh, Antichrist, he sort of said, oh, this is, my, this is my horror film. Yeah. And this is Almodovar's film. Um so it's going to live in. It's Antonio Banderas' return to working with Almodovar as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about a scientist who creates a skin that is resistant to burns and insect bites, and it could prevent malaria and save lives, etc. But there's also a dark sort of experimental on human subplot as well. Yeah. But the film's not really about that at all. No. Because <laughs> when I went in, I was expecting this. A body horror, like sort of David Cronenberg style body horror film, which at times it is, but also, once again, we go back to a motivated thing of what happens in the past yeah. and melodrama, melodrama, yeah. sex and viol- sex and violence, mm-hmm. family relations coming back into play. Um, so yeah, what did you think? It's gonna live in. Um, I liked it, but I don't think it's like one of my top five or anything. Mm-hmm. I think it's. It felt a lot more cold, and I know it's a horror yeah. film, but I think that's intentional. Yeah, but I don't know. Uh, I think it's because I I don't I don't think I liked any of the characters in mm-hmm. particular. I couldn't empathize with any of them, so I feel like because of that, I didn't enjoy it as much. But it did feel a bit like a horror, as he me- meant it for yeah. it to be, and I was a bit scared at some points. Okay. Because it's like more of a psychological horror yeah. and how it feels to be getting stripped of your identity and stuff. Like yeah. That. So I think that terrified me a bit more. Okay. And I enjoyed that bit. Yeah. No, I agree. I think it's the horror lends itself well to his uh, his style mm. and what he's saying. Yeah, like the the skin, the whole thing about living in someone else's skin. Mm. I think plays a big part in this film. Yeah. Um, well, and the the way <clears throat> something that happens to one character in like someone else completely changing their identity, 
Yeah. That, again, is a very interesting way that... It's a theme that Almodovar has explored before. But in a different way. But in a very different way. Yeah. So it's, it's nice to see that a director at, you know, over 20 years into his career is still trying new ways yeah. to tell his stories. I, f- I think that the cold palette is intentional because there's none of the brightness of his earlier work. Yeah, definitely. It's very sterile, like sort of doctor's surgery room. Yeah. There's a lot of whites and pale blues and the design of the sort of the modern, it's kind of like a dungeon mm. that she's in, but like a sort of very modern look at a dungeon where it's very, everything's very white and sort of chic and yeah. minimal. Um, mm-hmm. It does have a kind of stereotypical sci-fi horror plot, the kind of thing of the scientist who has been told his experiments are too extreme mm. by the scientific community, so he goes out and does them on his own yeah. with his own patients that he finds, and that's kind of a Frankenstein's monster yeah. type. This type of thing. There's definitely, yeah, definitely some Frankenstein going yeah, on. Yeah, that's what I was thinking when I was watching. Um, kind of similar to Ex Machina, I think. That's well. what I was thinking, yeah. especially the ending. Yeah. So, uh, Almodovar is an author because he he has a recognisable set of traits and styles. Mm-hmm. Do you think that by now, mm. do you th- so for all authors in general, yes, should they stick to what they what they do best, or should they try and do something totally different? Because as different as this is from his other films, and it's mm-hmm. a horror film, he's never done that before. There is still a lot of the same Almodovar style melodrama involved, like quite heavily actually. Yeah. It's not even subtle. It's the main part of the film, I'd say, is the melodrama mm-hmm. rather than the horror. Yeah. So he's still in very much in that mindset of doing of making these melodramas. Mm-hmm. So do you think that auteurs should still be do what makes them an auteur, or should they maybe try and go around the box a little bit? Um, I think they don't have to go out of the box mm-hmm. and do something else. Um, I think if that's what they like, like I'd, I think I'm all over. He's really good at what he does, and. He always manages, no matter what the film, to bring something new yeah. to it. And they always seem enjoyable, no matter what. Um, I think if he wants to ex- explore something else or any of the auteurs, then that's perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. And But if he doesn't as well, I don't think we sh- anyone should expect them to. Yeah. Just to, s- just to see what they could do. Quite often I think auteurs are criticised because at some point in their career it seems like they're just on autopilot. Mm. and just painting by numbers so like oh people have to say about Tim Burton now yeah he's been doing the same same shtick for nearly 30 years of black and white creepy yeah twisted but... and it's the same thing over and over again and it's like yeah that's great that's what made you famous that's why people love you but maybe try it. and then Tarantino as well yeah a lot of people thought The Hateful Eight was a very good Tarantino film but it was still the same kind of shtick we've seen from him before mm. um, do you think that maybe because maybe Amodovar is is he stuck doing these melodramas or do you think he is he should ju- do what he wants to do yeah he should do these kind of films he should do Amodovar films I think he should I think if I don't know really mm. I think it's a very personal thing to okay. the filmmaker and um like I, I like I saw Julieta, yeah. which is coming out later, and I really enjoy that too. So I don't think it's something that yeah. we should decide. Okay. But obviously that's different for everyone. Okay. Excellent. Yes, but it's going to live in very good, 
very yeah. um, intense. It was very intense. Um, and it is a different film for him. Yeah. I think it, it, it is him trying something new and trying something more out there. But I think, I think maybe it's just a natural thing to revert back to the kind of melodrama he likes to explore. Yeah. I think it's it could just be a case of where he he in his mind he's this is a different film for me this is a horror film this is a thriller but just naturally his own melodramatic style just came out of him like so naturally he didn't even think of just on a subconscious level mm-hmm. and he just that's just the, how he makes films like yeah i guess that's, that's the what's case. Yeah. personal to him yeah so. okay um so after this going to live in he did i'm so excited mm-hmm. which is an out and out comedy he's even said himself this is a light, light comedy, yeah. and it is. It's it's a lot of, sort of toilet humour on a plane. Mm-hmm. Um, it is very. There is a musical number in it, which is great. It's incredibly camp, like a lot of his films. Yeah. There's a high level of camp involved. It's often seen as a sort of metaphor for the political state of Spain at the time. Um, yeah, I mean, it's got. It's got. It's, but it's a. It's a very broad comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think it's entirely successful. Okay, so why excited. not? I just because we've come to expect from Amadavar some of it more complex, and this is very broad. Okay, it's fine. It's very fun, but it, it feels very minor. Okay, I, yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah. Um, so a couple of films we uh, we missed there. We uh, after between Volver and The Skin of Living, he did Broken Embraces, mm-hmm. which I don't think was as was a major success. Um, uh, just I think it it's sort of. Very similar to a couple of other films he's made before. Yes, it's about a film director that go, is going blind and losing his sight. And mm-hmm. although it's an interesting idea about someone who deals with visuals mm-hmm. losing their own visuals, mm-hmm. um, it's just slightly too similar to a couple of his earlier films, like you said. There, Bad Education yeah, is about yeah. a filmmaker, mm-hmm. and just the look and feel of it is very similar. Um, so, as you mentioned, there, Julieta is coming out on the twenty sixth of August, mm-hmm. and we will be doing a whole show devoted to that. Yeah. Um, but you said it's good. Early yeah. word is good. I, look, I really enjoyed really it. Really looking forward to that one. Mm-hmm. Um, so our mode of our, we've just given our own, how we see a lot of his films. Mm-hmm. I think everyone else has had the same one. So let us know your favourite our mode of our film. If you tweet at Curzon Cinemas with the hashtag Curzon Podcast. Favourite mode of our film, best mode of our character, um, and just anything really. Yeah. Whatever you like, our mode of our related. So... We talked then a lot about sort of his films deal with family and troubled relationships, mm-hmm. but also very focused on women. If you yes. go on Curse on Home Cinema, you go to collections, there's a family troubles collection, a family affairs collection, when we talk about women collections. So those kind of themes, if you want to carry on exploring them, they're available on Curse on Home Cinema. So thank you for listening this week. Goodbye from me. And, and goodbye from me. See you next week. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash 
Upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.